0: You're listening to Advocast. Join your hosts, Aaron Verbornik and Sarah Heggie, as they explore the intersection of adult education and advocacy. This podcast is being brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Education. Your producer is Jeffrey Abramowitz. You can listen to Advocast on Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube, or on coabe.org. And now, let's get to the show. Here are your hosts, Aaron and Sarah.
1: Hi, Sarah. Hi Erin, how are you? I am pretty good. So at the time of recording this, I am finishing up my classes because I am a classroom teacher. So I'm either on the Zoom or in the room. And Uh yeah, so I'm finishing that up. However, by the time this airs, I'll be starting new classes because at the community college I work, our start dates are merged with the rest of the community college. So we just get a little short break there in the summer. How about you? Well, it is the end of uh,
2: fiscal year, yes, when we are recording this. And by the time it airs, exactly as you said, it's going to be the beginning of the fiscal, another fiscal year. Um, It is exciting because we also just merged our calendar with the college um, credit side. So we are very excited about this. This is the first time we are experimenting this, but I think it's going to be very good for our students to experience and feel that they are part of the college and there is no gap or there is no difference between students who are attending adult ed classes and students who are attending credit side of the house. So we are very excited
1: about that. How do you feel about it? I think that's a great idea. Um, we have like a couple start dates where we start with the college and then we have mm-hmm. one more start date a few weeks later for all the stragglers who yeah um, the first they hear of it is when classes start. Yeah, yeah um, exactly but it it's been really helpful I think with again, like you said making students realize, hey they're they're part of this they're part yeah. of a, a bigger, a bigger community at the college and hopefully letting all everyone else at the college know hey yeah exactly adult ed is we're real
2: education yep 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 yeah exactly and um you're a teacher i'm an admin person um so do you have you felt that you're getting more students registered in your classes
1: I mean, from from my side, it's whoever shows up in the <laughs> in the classes. They seem like they're starting to get back to a like a healthy level here. Um, but yeah, I, how about you?
2: Yeah, we are getting a lot of students that they want to um, they want to join our programs. There are a lot of students that are coming to our offices and they just want to register. I think with all the gas prices going up and the living costs getting more expensive, everybody wants to improve their lives. And there is this high rate of interest in joining adult ed programs and wanting to improve their lives, whether by joining a GED prep class or an English class. They just want to get a better job. So we are getting busier and busier, which is exciting. It we You're going to be more um, active on your, in your classes because – you will see a lot of students joining your
1: class. And today our whole show is focused on those amazing students who are walking through our doors or entering our virtual classrooms. So Sarah, who do we have with us today? Oh, it's exciting.
2: We have Laura and Jessica and Hasiel. Um, They are not new faces. They are familiar faces. If you've been with adult ed community for a while, they are lovely people. We're gonna have a great conversation. How about if we invite Jessica and Laura in? Wonderful.
1: Hello, welcome to COIB's AdvoCast. How are you today?
3: I'm doing pretty well. How are you all?
4: Good. Hi, Laura hello i'm doing great i'm so glad to be here so we
1: love to start by allowing each of our guests to introduce themselves you know kind of what your connection to adult education is and just a bit about who you are so let's start my (laughs) elf my alphabetic skills aren't great um laura (laughs)
4: was <laughs> <Why not? laughs> <It's> wrong yeah <laughs> i don't mind starting hi everybody um yeah my name is Laura Perferio and i'm from Tucson Arizona and i'm a lifelong Tucsonan i've been in Tucson my whole life and uh, i started my career in adult ed actually when i was a college student at the university of arizona i I was told by a linguistics professor that if I wanted to travel the world and teach English, I ought to go volunteer in one of the adult ed classes down the street at El Rio, which is where I ended up working off and on a 30 year career in adult ed that I just kind of finished one part of my 30 year or 30 year chunk of my career in adult ed and now I'm doing. A lot of freelance work in the field and training and curriculum and coaching for teachers and of course continuing to work with co but um i also have to just say i always felt like i belonged in adult ed for a lot of different reasons studying anthropology and linguistics was my dream to work with people from different cultures but my grandma was an immigrant from Italy and I spent probably more time with her growing up than most of my other family members. And um, and my father didn't finish high school and my brother didn't finish high school either. And I always just felt really strongly about being in the field of adult ed and sharing my stories with my students and making them felt like, feel like they belonged too, because I sure felt like I belonged. So I could go on, but I think that's it for now.
1: Wonderful, thank you. That's a that's a long, rich career that you are, as you said, in the middle of, right? A new a new path, but that same the same passion.
2: Wonderful. Laura, I live in Tucson too. I know you know that <laughs> we don't live very far from each other, mm-hmm. and it has happened that I've recorded so many of our episodes from your office. So <laughs> that's great. You're
3: always with us. All right, Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much, I'm so excited to be here. Uh, A little background on me is that I started my adult ed career actually through AmeriCorps because I had said I would never ever be a teacher. My mother's a teacher, my brother's a teacher. I said, no, it stops with me. And then AmeriCorps put me into adult ed and I felt head over heels in love. So I've spent over a decade as a classroom teacher, program manager, all the hats that you can wear in the adult ed world, um, as I'm sure you are all aware, and have really been passionate about advocacy throughout this as well, because advocacy impacts all of our lives so strongly and so vitally. And so I worked a lot in my local program in DC to train students on testifying and you know, bringing to the council and working on making our communities better for adult ed and for a lot of other subjects. And when I left that program, when COVID hit, I went freelance and started working with a lot of different programs on the same things, including COABE. So, yes. Wonderful. It's beautiful.
1: And so what is your
3: role with COAVE, Jessica? I am the ambassador program coordinator, which means that I facilitate and organize all of our ambassador trainings. And I know we're gonna talk a little bit more about what that means. Do you want me to go into it now? Sure, if you wanna give the
1: what it is now, and then we're gonna ask Laura how it came to be.
3: Yes, so ambassadors are adult learners who have been trained in using their voices to advocate for adult ed, but also for any other issue that strikes their heart and their community. so we provide training both virtually and in-person and hybrid. Like many other organizations, we've grown our delivery mechanisms and modalities in the past few years. And we're very excited about that because it means we can reach more people. So our ambassadors advocate on the local level, on the state level, on the national level. They advocate inside their own schools. They advocate with partners. Advocacy is not just politics and we do emphasize that, but it is also politics. So we we do it all.
1: Awesome. Yes. We're gonna ask some more follow-up questions in a bit about kind of the details of, of the ambassador training and training students for advocacy. But Laura, you have, a vital role in this student ambassador training. Can you tell us its history?
4: Sure, I love talking about this stuff. Um, the ambassadors program was born many, many years ago, and I don't I think what we call ambassadors training has happened over decades and various programs in different ways. But the way the ambassador program the training program was born was, in tucson way back in the like 80s and 90s uh, adult educators and students started getting really active in you know civic participation and making sure that our programs were funded properly especially during the amnesty program time in the 80s Um, getting state funding at all was because teachers and students and families demonstrated and literally in the streets and took trips up to the Capitol. And so, you know, that's really where the ambassador program was born, right? Is that, you know, collective action for broad-based power to influence decisions that affect our lives. Um, But, you know, the more recent version that we have kind of started in the nineties, in my mind, because we started having um, student councils more, more organized student leadership groups and um, one day we we lost some space for adult ed on the south side of tucson and instead of a new building for adult ed or at least some uh, more than one or two classrooms which is what we had at the time uh, plan for this big development of this neighborhood center was changed and there was no space allocated for adult ed anymore and that's when we teamed up with um, Pima County Interfaith Council to learn the aspects of community organizing, because what happened is when the students that were in that one classroom that was supposed to extend into three or four classrooms, found out what was going on, they were angry and they wanted to do something about it. And they wanted to ask questions of the people in power that were making these decisions. Like, why is there not a, you know, a place for adult ed anymore in this really essential neighborhood center in the middle of an area of high need. And um, that's when it started that we started figuring out through relational community organizing principles, the power of people in numbers, the power of their voices and their stories and community organizing is very relational. So we learned that we needed to have relationships with each other. We needed to be critically reflective about what we were doing to take action. And anyways, long story short, like literally years worth, we got millions of local dollars from the county and city allocated for not one, but two brand new buildings for adult ed in Tucson, Arizona. That is where we learned the formula that became the Adult Ed Ambassador Training Program. And the people that first packaged it up, named it Ambassador Training, because they really felt strongly about the fact that leaders were becoming they were doing representational leadership. They were being ambassadors for all the rest of their fellow students and representing them, representing, as we know, huge numbers of people. We can't have you know the millions of people that need adult ed in the place where we need them at any given time, right? Everybody's busy with their, you know, kids and jobs and all of that. Um, But the, so the formula is where, that's where we got the formula, is we figured out that we needed to know what the talking points are. We need to know what adult ed is all about. We need to know, we need to be prepared with really powerful stories that can change the hearts and minds of decision makers. That's what we've always said about ambassador training. It changes the hearts and minds of people in power. Um, we, We really also figured out that public speaking and being prepared to deliver these messages, the stories and messages are great, but if you don't do public speaking training in order to deliver them effectively, the, the words and messages sometimes get lost. And then the crux of the ambassador training program that Jessica was talking about with legislative advocacy is preparing for and having students be in charge of what's going on, in charge of the meeting, facilitating the meeting, playing their various roles and practicing before they do so. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all about community action. It's all about bringing people together. We had a civics program, and when I was in charge of it back in the, you know, basically around 2000, we created a mission statement that and strategies that all fell under community information and action. So bringing people together, making sure they're informed, and taking action together, that is where the the actual four components of ambassador training were born.
2: That's very exciting to hear. You gave a very good example of how um, students got involved to fix some issues that you were experiencing in the South Side of um, Arizona. Um, That that was the whole question that I had in mind and I just wanted you to um, touch base on that that why should we prepare our adult learners for advocacy? What role do they play? You gave a good example, but if you have any other opinion about that, we would love to hear.
4: I have more. I wanna make sure I say these these things too, because I, as Jessica knows, um, what happened with ambassador training in Arizona is that we started in Pima, Pima County, right here, where Sarah and I um, know each other from our workplace. Um, And the state association was finally moved to support ambassador training in the whole state of Arizona. And so that it could be, we basically scaled the ambassador training that was born in Pima County to across the state. And, um, And then after that, Coway found out about how successful we were in Tucson and in Arizona, and they wanted us to take it nationally so there we went but the way we were able to actually do that is people like me and regina suit and others constantly making the point that civic engagement student leadership ambassador training is is at the heart of what adult ed wants to do and is supposed to do under its funding it's all about you know prepared civic engagement citizenship it's about the skills that transfer from the classroom and from student leadership activities. They are total transferable, transferable skills. Work, you know, whatever, whatever you want to call it, employability skills, workforce skills. Students are getting what they need even more through ambassador training, I think. And it really enhances what they're getting from adult ed. The other thing that I have constantly tried to make a point about when I'm trying to get teachers or administrators or state association leaders to support this kind of programming is um, it ties right in also, not just employability skills, but to persistence and learner success. I mean, when you think about, you know, the New England resource center drivers of persistence there's research about how um, activities that promote a sense of belonging and agency and purpose and relevance right what's more relevant and purposeful and you know agency letting students be agents of change than ambassador training so um, I just wanted to make sure that really strong on the origins and then the rationale now, we even do this? Um, those are all the reasons. And I probably, I probably have even more, but um, no, I think I got it all.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I. It is really moving um, to hear how it was scaled up from something and from something that was successful, right? This, I think the, as you said, the origin is important and absolutely it, it's, in my mind, one of the biggest parts of what we do or what we should be doing in the classroom. And that gets me thinking because Jessica, I've I've worked with you <laughs> frequently over the past year, um, trying to get some, some ambassador training going with my students. And I've mentioned previously that, that the ability for them to do it online is so, wonderful, because it opens it up for teachers to be able to integrate that into their classrooms. It takes away some of the barriers that students might have in terms of time of the day that they can do something transportation. Um, So what how, how do people learn more about this online ambassador training? How do they get their students going in here?
3: That's a great question. And there are a couple different answers. One is go to the coave.org website because there is a full page. If you go to the adult learners piece on the menu, there's a drop down menu, and ambassadors are right there. And that website has a lot of information about the ambassador program itself, as well as links to the website where you can register for free. So that's another pivotal piece of the online version of the training is it's completely free. They can access the training, submit their stories, interact through the discussion boards with ambassadors across the country. So there are a lot of really exciting elements that are included in that online training, and it's all free. Um, Folks can also email me directly. My email is on the website as well.
1: Thank you yeah I, I love that you highlighted that it is free because um, you know, any anything we can do to help make that transition easier right because using your voice takes a lot of vulnerability um, and that can you know, it can be easy to kind of let the barriers be barriers but I, I love that for sure
2: so much good information can be shared. For free. So this is something that people usually want to take advantage of. And we really appreciate that this is being offered to students for free. Um, Now we have someone who has actually gone through the training, ambassador training, who who would like him to join us, Hasiel. He is one of are rock stars here in Tucson, Arizona. I have worked with Hasiel in different capacities um, and I love him very dearly because of all the energy that he puts into advocating for adult ed community. Hi Hasiel.
5: Hello Sarah. Hello everyone.
2: Hello. Welcome to our AdvoCast.
5: Thank you for having me i'm really honored to be here to speak on behalf of advocacy training um a little bit about myself is that when i first started off in the well in general in the adult education program my intention was not to make any friends because i was just there for one goal it was just get your ged no distractions um and i avoided everyone completely and so someone in the classroom actually reached out to me and asked me, Hey, after class, we're all going to volunteer. We're going to clean around the campus. Do you want to stick around and help? And on the spot, I was like, there's no nice way to say no. But, you know, they still reached out to me and they offered me, you know, a community. One thing leads to another. And I'm making friends with everyone, with the instructors, with the classmates. Um, And when you have that sense of community, it's it kind of opens your mindset a little more. You become more of an open individual because you're exposed to different paths of life. But each path, although coming from different places, they all have that same end goal, which is to succeed, to do better for yourself um, and do better for your community. So once I got my GED, you know, I met so many wonderful people through the process. And even though I completed my studies, I felt my story was not over yet. I wanted to go back because of all the touching stories that I encountered along my journey. And what better way to let these stories be heard but then through advocacy? Because advocacy, you're able to bring this up to the state legislator, you're able to let voices be heard when oftentimes voices are denied or you know sometimes people just need an outlet of where they can tell these stories and maybe even touch other people who are going through the same thing. And that's why I think advocacy itself is such a beautiful, wonderful program.
2: This is so exciting to hear. I did not know that at the beginning when you started, you didn't want to make any friends. Because <laughs> when I started working at Pima, everybody knew Hasiel. Everybody, students, if they had any issues, Hasiel. Teachers, if they needed any help with advocacy or anything, we could rely on Hasiel. So that's very interesting to hear that you started very shy when you're not actually very shy <laughs> and you can speak up and speak on behalf of whoever's shy
1: <laughs> so i i'm curious Haziel about how how you got from from that point of saying you know what i think i think advocacy is something i want to do to feeling like you were prepared to walk into that room or i'm not sure if it was on zoom go into the zoom and actually talk to somebody with with influence?
5: Honestly, I don't think anyone is ever prepared. When you wanna have your story heard, you're often shy. Everyone's shy when they're trying something brand new, but at the same time, it's necessary to tell your story and be heard. So thankfully for the trainings, for having prior experience when it comes to icebreakers, learning how to public speak, um, it prepares you to be a little more mindful about time management when you're talking to speak a little more eloquently to make sure that your words don't get jumbled up or that you don't get confused. Um, But honestly, the trainings are very helpful, especially when you are on the floor. You can't remember everything, but even afterwards, there are things that you might think, oh, I should have said this, or maybe next time I'll say this. But thankfully for trainings, you're able to actually speak what you wanted to say.
3: That's
1: wonderful.
2: That's wonderful um could you tell us a little bit about the experience that you had with advocacy and using your voice to support a cause or issue
5: oh i had wonderful experiences um my, my first time going up to the Capitol, i didn't really have very well time management skills but at the same time i was also being my most authentic self um without the you know proper guidance at the first time around um because i did hadn't undergone the training I wasn't able to time manage much of what I wanted to say, but at the same time, I was able to reach the hearts of so many people because they, I, I'm pretty sure they saw that I was coming in a little unprepared and they saw me as a person, as an individual who was unique and coming in to tell the stories of not only myself, but other people as well. Um, I have met people who have cried hearing my stories, other people who have been really touched to the point to where they even wanted to bring it up to the table whenever they were going up to speak and on behalf of adult education. So it's been a really wonderful experience. After undergoing the training, of course, I was able to be more mindful about their time, my time and other speakers' times. But the training itself is very wonderful because you are able to be a little bit more of a better speaker when it comes to public speaking.
1: Awesome. I heard you say something that I want to follow up on. And you said in that first meeting before the training, you felt like you were your most authentic self. So how do you now balance that authentic Haziel with what what those people need to hear?
5: That is a really good question. So there's really no good answer because You're trying to balance yourself when you've already come so far trying to find yourself. So at this point, being my authentic self, it's being helpful for people, it's being kind. And not everyone has been dealt the cards of compassion. Not everyone has been shown support or shown that there is somebody out there that's rooting for them on the sidelines. Um, When I did come back to work for adult education, of course, I came back as an office aide, but at the same time, working at the front desk, I get to meet so many people who come in who are often shy, just like myself, coming in who don't want to make friends, just like I had the intention of. And they come in not too confident about themselves or their abilities, but then I'm able to talk to them and let them know I'm rooting for you. I might not know you personally, but I'm touched by the fact that you came in to better yourself. So that's just my authentic self It's just to be helpful and kind and to let people know I went through just what you did as well. And compassion and kindness is something that needs to be brought to the table when you are balancing your authentic self and advocating for others. Because you're advocating for others. Advocating, it starts with compassion. It starts with being that first place of support for somebody else. And you can't be supportive without being kind.
2: You, you mentioned um, all about working in advocacy and when you started. I know you have a unique story and you're a true successful story because you started as a student and now you're working in the same college that you started and you just graduated, right, from, from college. So we want to hear all about it. How did you start your adult ed program? What brought you to adult ed program? What helped you to become successful?
5: Honestly, it was a long path of adversity. Um, It was my first week of high school um, and I was really excited because I was going to Sabino High School and I had heard wonderful things about that school, but at the same time, so were my sisters. They were attending a school across town or a daycare My mom had a job all the way across town, so it wasn't really manageable to get from one place to another while also being, you know, a a single mother. So one thing leads to another and one of us has to drop out of school so that we could, you know, take care of my youngest sibling because daycare, it does kind of get expensive and my mom can't be going from point A to point B and I didn't want my sister to drop out of school because she has a learning disability and I wasn't sure if she did online school, if they would offer those same accommodations. So I stepped up to the plate because I figured it was a temporary setback and I said, oh, I'll do it, no problem. I don't want my sister to lose her her uh, accommodations in the classroom. However, after maybe a week of being uh, uh, dropped out of school, my mom ended up losing her job um, one series of, advers- of adversities leads to another. We lose our, uh, our, our only form of transportation. We lost uh, basic bare minimum necessities like utilities, food, um, even the gas for the stove. Um, so after even losing the transportation, we'd have to walk to the store to go find our own um, ways of bringing back food to the house. By the time that I was ready to go back to school, I wasn't in that position anymore because I just didn't have even the bare minimum. And over time, I kind of just gave up on my goals. I gave up on wanting to be successful, to go to high school, to go to college. College was out of the question, because how could I go to college without even going to high school? Um, A few years go by, what should have been my senior year, my mom was finally in a position where she was able to say, hey, you you really need to get back going on your career because you're going to get older, it's gonna be a lot harder to do what you wanna do. And there's this awesome program that I heard of called Adult Education. My sister's doing it, you should do it as well. And I was just really happy that my mom saw potential in me, that she knew my story was not over. And so that is why I didn't want to make friends because I was determined to pass and to get my GED. And upon going there, I met so many wonderful people who supported me along the way. And over time, all of the adversity that I had gone through seemed to melt away because I was finally in a place where I felt I belonged. Eventually, I volunteered at my centers. I worked alongside AmeriCorp members. We did public speaking. We did, uh, we organized so many wonderful things for the community. We would clean campuses. We would create little gift bags for others. Um, and then once I got my GED, I said, I wanna go back, I need to go back. There are so many people out there who need that same support that I was given to know, regardless of what you had gone through, what no matter what, adversi- what adversity that you had been through, you can overcome it. And although the past is not something that we can change, it is something that can change our future. And it depends on how we utilize these skills that we learned, especially through advocacy, because that is the one place where we can put these skills to the test to show people what we're made of and to show people what they're made of as well because oftentimes people aren't given the chance to know exactly what they're capable of.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm barely holding it together over I
2: here. Tell room. us what you do at Pima Community College yes. right now.
5: At the moment, I am working at, as, at the front desk where people go in to register. So before right. I was working at the centers, however, the centers are usually the second place that students go to, but right now I'm at the first space that they can come into. the first person that they talk to the first form of guidance Um, even if they aren't looking for the classes i could still give them a little insight about how ged works um, what opportunities are out there for them what resources are available Um, whether they're coming to our program or not i've never met a person that i couldn't speak to that needed a little guidance
2: that's so amazing and you went to community college on the credit side after when you graduated from adult ed program and just graduated from college. That's so wonderful, congratulations. Well,
0: oh,
5: thank you. And college was not something I had in mind, but after stopping at my GED, I said, no, I cannot stop at my GED. So I just completed Pima College and I am going to start the University of Arizona in the fall to study in psychology.
2: Oh, wow, That's Congratulations! So inspiring. I love that, congratulations. Well,
5: oh, thank you.
1: So I, I'm i wondering, what is one thing that you would say to students who are maybe undecided? You know, you said you're that, you're that first person that they see. There are people who are coming in, like, ready to take that class and ready to get going. And then there are others who aren't so sure. So what would you say to those students who are kind of on the fence, thinking, oh, it's not the right time, or I'm too old, or they're there's something in the way?
5: So there are a variety of students who call, who are on the fence. They're not sure if this program is right for them, what their options are. Um, Some students are still old enough to go back to high school, but there are so many different ways that a student can come into our program, whether they've completed some uh, high school credits or not. Um, Those credits could even be applied into the program as well to cover some of the GED tests through um, career pathways. Um, Other students who are a little bit scared because there's a stigma that you're too old to go back to school. Those ones are a little bit easier to convince to come in because education is something that I learned about education is that there is no age. And you never stop learning, even when you're older, you're constantly learning something brand new, whether it's something as simple as basic math to engineering to building a house. We never stop learning a new hobby, a new leisure activity. Education is limitless but then there are other people who feel that this might not be a good time for them. And I just let them know, this program is constantly up and running. And thanks to advocacy, we're able to let the state know, this is a program that we need. This is a necessity for the community. And so because of that promise that the education will be here for them, they feel a little more comfortable to come back at a better time.
2: That is amazing. That is very important to know. and. Good advice for all students who are not sure if they want to continue their education. I love that. Um, I know you have worked with Laura in um, advocacy work. I just want to ask Laura and Jessica, um, once, once you have students who go through the ambassador training, how do you connect them with the group that they usually want to go and do the advocacy work? Um, how is the best way to utilize this resource that we
4: develop in these uh, trainings? Hmm. That's a I'd great like, question. It, it is. And Jessica, if it's okay, let me start with the local, local level, and then you mm-hmm. can chime in because co-wave is all about the federal advocacy, I think, mostly. But um, I just want to say, Haciel, you don't come on podcasts and do national panel presentations without a lot of practice. And I just want to say the reason that you are so authentic and so easy to listen to and and convincing in the messaging that you put out there is because you've done it over and over. And that is how we do it. That is how we keep students engaged is because it's not just a training, right? In fact, the training was like one little piece of what Hasiel was talking about. And that's because the training is... It's not even always the beginning although for a lot of people it is hasiel and others became active as advocates for adult ed before they even went to training and they were already ambassadors really but the training really gives you the tools and the practice so that you're not off the cuff you've prepared your messages and you've practiced and then you've practiced some more and you do the training which is a practice and then after the training, we always try to make sure this is the you know, answer to your question, Anna and Sarah, is that um, there are so many different ways that students have been active as ambassadors. Actually, Jessica was talking about it too. In Pima, like I said, it started with that local community organizing, making having relationships with people in the city government and maintaining those relationships by not just meeting with them one time. Um, doing, go, showing up at city council meetings and Pima County government, county government meetings as well. Again, relational meetings one-on-one all the time to maintain the relationship. And then also call to the audience speeches so that there's a little bit more public, you know, impact of these relationships that we're maintaining with people in power. That is how we keep people engaged and help them develop that best authentic representation of themselves, you know what I mean? We do um, call to the audience at, you know, college government, governing board meetings. We, students show up in every place you can imagine, you know, whether it's the administrator's office at their school or college or university or whatever, you know, city, county, state, and of course, federal, But um, I just really wanna drive that point home that it just, you do it repeatedly. It's not a one and done deal just like adult ed or any kind of learning is never a one and done deal. So um, Hasiel, you just totally showed everybody why programs should support students to become advocates for adult ed. It's just a win, 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 win all the way down the line.
1: Absolutely, and Laura, I love that you mentioned even within a school, advocacy can start there as well for those who are thinking, I don't know about going straight to a legislator's office. You know, Mm -hmm. advocacy is, it's everywhere. All right, Jessica, what would you like to add?
3: Absolutely, well, Laura said a lot of what was on my mind, but I want to add um, that we, really encourage classes to do this training together whether it's as part of a formal curriculum or as an extracurricular group or even a group you know we've had some states that will take a few students from each program and that is a ready-made group of folks to advocate with then you can drive that strategy you can keep each other accountable you can support each other Um, But I also want to say that even if you are taking this training by yourself, you can still have a group because COA provides opportunities for you to do this practice virtually. And we also have an advocacy app that connects you with other advocates and ambassadors from your state. So once you have completed the training online, you can join this app and be kept apprised of advocacy alerts and updates and connect and strategize with other folks from your state and from your region. And so those are some really exciting ways that you can kind of find your people um, in terms of advocating for politics. But I also wanna say, Hasiel, I loved what you said about being that first person people talk to, because once you start sharing your story, you don't stop. And that story ripples out And so even if you're not necessarily connected to a big group of advocates, just sharing your story has such a monumental impact on your community and the people around you, that it grows, so.
4: Totally, I always say, we're always speaking in public when we're talking about adult ed, whether it's standing in the grocery line, right? Um, but the practice that ambassador training gives you, whether it's in a group or on your own, supported by your program, supported by your teacher, it really makes it that much more powerful. You're just always ready to deliver the points, and and you're you get really good at reading people. I mean, that's the thing about ambassadorship too. I mean, Hasiel was what he was talking about is. You know he knows that when he meets somebody walking in the door he's got to read them pretty quick and do use those skills that he has to make sure that this is the right place at the right time for that person and every person is unique every story is unique that's another thing we teach in ambassador training by the way so
1: yeah hasiel i would love to give we'd love to give you the final the final word here on advocacy so we've kind of spoken to teachers and why they should get students involved, why people should take this training. What would you like to say to students who might be listening about what, kind of the power that they have in their voice to advocate?
5: If I could give one message to a student out of hundreds of different things that I could say to boost their confidence, it's that they matter, they are unique, and that their story is what makes them successful. Regardless of what they had been through, good or bad, they are their most authentic self when they show the initiative to do better for themselves, to show that this is not where my story has to end. Although it had a rough beginning, kind of a rough middle, I'm gonna make sure that the ending is going to be topped here and that I could do more for not only myself, but for the others around me who are looking up to me as an idol.
0: That is so powerful.
2: That is true. That is true. Your story hasn't ended, so you can turn around whatever beginning, middle um, that it
1: has, and just make it a successful story. That's very wonderful. Thank you so much. And you now have a new fan in me who's going to be following for this this next part of your story, thank you. psychology.
2: I always tell Hasiel that I'm fangirling you the whole time. <laughs> I always follow your
1: success stories. And he- now you have the nation <laughs> standing over you.
5: Well, thank you. I look up to all of you and all of the work that you guys do for the community. Well, not just the community, but beyond nationwide. There are people out there listening who are touched by this, who are moved and who I feel are going to do so much more for the world.
2: That's wonderful. Thank you so much. And we appreciate all of our guests, and especially you. Um, We love this trio. Thank you so much for being on our show. It was a lovely conversation. We learned so much about you. And please tell us, how can people find you on social media? Hasiel, how can people find you on social media if they have any questions for you?
5: Well, i don't have a social media at the moment but if they do have any questions they could email me um, my email is hlopez41 pima.edu um, and they can reach out to me about any questions they may have regarding their education what resources are available for them um, if adult ed is something that they're looking for advocacy work i can definitely point them in the right direction
3: that's wonderful thank you so much how about you jessica absolutely i also don't have social media um, but you can email me at ambassadorcoordinator at Reach out with any questions about the ambassador program, whether you are an adult learner, a teacher, a program director, there are so many benefits for the ambassador program and to become ambassadors on all levels. And I can absolutely talk you through how to implement it in the way that works best for you as a learner, you as a program
4: and your students. Love that. Thank you. How about you, Laura? Um, people can find me on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram. I'm kind of, I'm not super active, but I have all of those things. You can find me, Laura Porfirio. I'm not hiding under some a really awesome, unique, uh, you know, handle. I have a unique enough name, I think, with Laura Porfirio, right? But, um, and yeah, I just want to say... Yeah. If anybody reaches out to me, you'll find out just like anybody else who has ever done so after any presentation or activity like this that I do, I love talking about civic engagement empower, and, and adult ed and advocacy. And I love giving advice and I do have a lot of experience and I'm always happy to share. And then I always learn more when I talk to other people about what they're doing. So anytime. Wonderful. Well, we found our people,
1: and listeners, you found your people. (laughs) If you are looking to advocate on behalf of adult ed, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you.
3: Thank you so much.
0: You've been listening to Advocast with your hosts, Aaron Borbornik and Sarah Hageki. This show has been produced by Jeffrey Abramowitz. You can listen to AdvoCast on Spotify, Google, Apple, YouTube, or CoAbe.org. This podcast has been brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education.